Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the PC Gamer Podcast. My name is Chris Thurston and I'm joined by Owen Hill. Hello. And Tom Senior. Hello. This is a very special episode because it is the Owen Hill Memorial episode. <laughs> He's dead. Oh, wow. The PC Gamer Podcast. He's died. Podcast. This was your life, Owen. Oh, Owen, that's cool. Was... So I get to sit back and you guys go through my life. Pretty much. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> okay. Just hit it. Owen was born in Wales. <laughs> Are you sure, Chris? Are you... Is that right, Owen? Were you born in Wales? Really? I was born in Caerphilly in Wales. That is correct. You've done your research. Yes. Well done. You didn't research it. You guessed the country you came from and then you told him where he exactly then, was. Then, uh, sometime later, Owen moved to Bath. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. We know nothing about our colleagues. It's like Jesus when there's that massive gap in his life. <laughs> Just like Jesus, yeah. Much yeah. like Jesus, Owen was exiled to Egypt. Uh, Jesus years. was a game journalist for a short while, I believe. This has gotten wildly and very quickly out of hand. And that's the your point life, is... I mean, that Owen is leaving us I am very leaving. shortly to go <sighs> to Stockholm. Yeah. There to live a new life with new friends. Yeah. Who's your right. new friend, Owen? Uh, I don't know if I'm I don't know if they want to be friends with me yet, mm. but I'm going to work at um Mojang. Uh, where? Mojang. Mojang. <laughs> if you want. If you want. How do they pronounce it actually? Is it Mojang? Well they say it's, it's Swedish for gadget and they oh, say really? Mojang. Oh. Oh, I didn't so, know that. You know, if you're one of those people who says bonjour, like Della Boy, or, or Bonjour, bon <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then yeah, then that's fine. That's fine. But you know, you, I, I guess you might well, as well say. Mojang. I actually genuinely didn't know that it was uh, Mojang was pronounced Mojang. Well, it's well, it's Swedish for gadget. They don't mind it being either way. I don't think, as okay. far as I can tell. Yeah. But um, you know, I say Mojang makes me sound a bit more elite. Mm, mm, definitely. And that's an exciting development, John. You excited? I'm very excited. Excellent. Are you going to get a hat, like Notch's hat? That's all I really want to know. <laughs> and also, can I have one? <laughs> what, for TF2, you mean, or in real life? No, real life. Uh, I guess I could ask him where you bought it and then go and buy one. That might be a bit weird, though, in the first... <laughs> that might be a little <laughs> bit turn up with that, like, a kind of weird metaphor <laughs> of what I eventually want to do. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's become, the metaphor? Become him. Oh, okay. Become oh, him <laughs> in real life. That's not what I want to do. Maybe I'll get a hat. Uh, it depends how cold it is. I might I might wear that hat I wear, you know, with the big fluffy ears on it. Yeah, the Russian one. Hat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched Tim's wedding, so I could wear that one maybe. That, that could, I'd get away with that if it's super cold. These are really the sorts of things you have to think about when you're changing your entire life and moving country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What hat? Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna do, I'm going to pimp a future podcast with, with uh, Duncan Gear. Duncan Gear. X Wired dude is also moving. Gamer. Yeah, friend of PC Gamer. He's also moving to um, Stockholm. Not Stockholm. Gothenburg. Sorry, Gothenburg, Sweden. We're doing a podcast. It's going to rule. Is it Chris called... came up with the name. Yeah, it's a good name. What's the name, Chris? Are you actually doing that name? I think so. I didn't know you. Oh, it's called Smorgasbord. Bob. <laughs> Gears Sorry, Bob. I bugged it up. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for Bob Gear. Bob Gear was good. Yeah, but I don't like Top Gear. I don't like Jeremy no. Clarkson. I don't want any associations with him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Mm. So yeah, small gears bop, I think, is what we decided to call it. Yeah. Excellent. Makes total sense. But yeah, there you go. Hey, so PC yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you for your time. I like that Tom didn't clap. I'm yeah. clapping inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't sound healthy. Doesn't sound like a clap to me. Gentlemen, I think we should talk about the PC games. Yeah, let's do before that. Before people's patience runs entirely okay. out. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, Owen. Yeah. What have you been playing? I have played a sprinkling of Guild Wars 2. A smattering. Yeah. On a bed of holiday. 
<laughs> so basically, I've only played Guild Wars 2 because I've been on holiday for like a week. Were you in And then I was in Gamescom. Do I talk about oh. Gamescom games? Oh, we talk about Gamescom games. Well, okay. Should I talk about the daddy of Gamescom, the big the big hitter, the, the, the only yeah. thing which matters now? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Please. I got to use, you must have watched the videos by now, but I got to use the Oculus Rift. Dun, dun, dun. That's the uh, the thing which we discussed. In, <laughs> thank you. We, we, we discussed that in great detail last podcast. Lots of talk of being sick. Now, yeah. the truth of the matter is, I didn't feel sick. But there was a little bit. There was a little bit of that time when I was using that thing where I could have been sick. Now, I'm going to explain where it is, okay? When you're using the Oculus Rift... Everything works perfectly. Your brain is totally confused. But <laughs> when you jump, I wasn't jumping, right? I was standing still in the in the hotel room. When you jump in Doom, the jumping is a bit weird regardless. But when you jump, I wasn't jumping. My brain was confused. Now, I jumped once or twice, and I got that sense when you're in a car, you're reading a book, and you think, oh, God, I better stop reading this book. I feel a bit funny. I'm not going to vom, <laughs> but if I don't look up now... If I continue to read, if someone forced me to read, I could end up vomiting, right? Now, if I jumped 10 times in Doom, mm. I would have vomited in that same way. That... But I didn't need to jump 10 times in the same way I didn't need to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the book? That's potentially a brilliant control on bunny hopping. Hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. But, just oh, and you love bunny hopping. Yeah, it's all you ever do in all games I know, that let but, you hop you know, everywhere. It was just so weird. Like, I did it jump once or twice. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like that's mm. the first time I felt like actually in my kind of chest, in my kind of belly, kind of weird. And I jumped again. I was like, oh god, not even for a lol. I'm just gonna <laughs> stop jumping now and kind of stand still. The rest of it. Ask me some questions. Ask me some questions about it. I find it interesting that you were yeah that you jumped in Doom while wearing a VR headset and got car sick. Hmm. That's a kind of it's a clash of worlds. Yeah, it was that, that kind of feeling because it's like you know it's just you know I think it's it's a similar thing because when you read in that book, all your attention's on the book, isn't it? And the book's mm. static in your lap, mm. and it's kind of moving with this you know with your lap or with the sway of the car, but you don't actually think, oh, I'm moving here because you're just trying to concentrate on these static words. In the same way, my body was like, you're jumping, but I wasn't jumping. Now walking, you'd think you'd get the same thing from walking around, but I don't know why, but. I think maybe I'm more used to that from FPSs and stuff. Mm. And the disconnect just wasn't there. Like, But when I jumped, it was odd. And I said to him, I said how, you know, the jumping thing. And he was, you know, the Palmer Lucky, the developer of the, of the device. And he was like, yeah, that is a thing. Like, there's, there's, there's ways we can get around that. And I said, well, how can you get around it? He's like, well, we could make people jump. And I was like, yeah. But that's not the coolest thing. Did you, did you like, try jumping at the same time as pressing the button to jump? No. Uh, I could have solved no, it. I yeah, you're right it. there. Mm. There were some really interesting bits. Um, James, who was filming filming the little interview and stuff, was there. And he tried it on for not as long as I did, but he tried it on for a little bit. And he instantly was like swaying about like he was going to fall over. And the guy pushed a chair up against his legs, not for him to sit on, just so his body has some kind of um, static thing in the room. You know, it, it was touching. And from the moment that was touched up against his calves or whatever the back of the chair he could just he was fine he wasn't leaning on it it was just something static so your body remembers sure he wasn't not... trying to surreptitiously trip him up you know so he was, takes a step backwards <laughs> falls over i think i think tim said he, he wanted to sit down with it um hmm. you know xpcg man tim he said he wanted to sit because 
I don't know, just made him feel weird, and that's why he keeps saying that it's going to be kick-ass for simulators and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that, and it will be kick-ass for simulators and stuff, but I didn't mind the standing up, and God, it felt awesome. What, what gets me about this is that the problems they're having are like the problems of the intersection between human brain and this technology. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, exactly. Like they're saying yeah. that they'd solved it because they'd figured out something about the brain, that they mm. allowed them to make this work, that solved mm. the problem of virtual reality. The problems they're hitting are all like, this might actually break your mind. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it would... The, the craziest thing, I know that the tracking's mad. I know that it's cool that it's all really high res and all this, and it's, you know, the graphicals are nice. But the maddest thing is y- you've got to imagine what this is like. The whole of your vision is taken up by it. So it's like if you go into a room and you think, you know, in, in Bioshock or something, you think, right, I want to look around, I want to look up at the statue, I want to see what that big banner says. So you move the control, you've got to look up with the control, look down, look left, right, because mm. you feel the view. Now, if you're actually in a room now, and I'm looking around this room at the four corners, the amount I move my head to look at all the corners of the room is hardly anything. You know, yeah. the area in front of you, it's like you're moving it like, you know, a couple of millimetres. And it's the same with the Oculus Rift, you kind of, you don't, you think, oh, to look around is going to be a right pain moving your head, but you move your head so slightly to look about and if you actually want to turn or kind of, you know, do some kind of aiming or like f- really spin quickly, you can use the stick to bolster it. But most of the time, you just kind of tiniest glances of your head are enough to give you a full kind of view of the room, you know, which is a weird feeling. So did you, you must have presumably always been aware of what you were, what you maybe, what your actual surroundings were in this room you were doing it in, or did you ever find I, just losing as it? As like? soon as, uh, no, like when I was in, when I was in there with the headphones on and I was kind of going around, I mean, obviously I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm in space, like, oh, <laughs> oh God. Well, yeah. But honestly, the idea of there being a, like a bookcase next to me or me being in that hotel room, I'm serious. It's just out of the window. Like as soon as you take it off, you're like, oh, you know. Okay, I'm obviously in in the hotel room. And I was conscious it was I was staring into you know I was playing Doom. <laughs> yeah. But the mad thing is, this is mad. So, right, you know in Doom you have the little robot guy, right, and he kind of helps you out, doesn't he? The little sentry bot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so much of that. Now, when I got in there, because I was like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm playing Doom. I was just like, oh, there's a little robot. So I shot the robot. I was like, gotta 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 blew up the robot. Then an imp comes along. I was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm playing Doom, bugger. I shouldn't have shot the robot. Now, that's because I went in there. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Now, I said to the guy, I said to Palmer Lucky, God, it was so weird. I shot the robot. Like, what a noob I said to this guy. And he said, when Carmack, <coughs> excuse me, when Carmack brought it to the office for the first time and Palmer Lucky had a go on Doom, he shot the robot. <laughs> and Carmack <laughs> kind of took the took the headset off his head and said, like, he's your, he's your buddy, he's your mm. chum. And we both knew that the robot was your chum, but you're just like, oh my God, there's a little robot with a gun on it. <laughs> Kill it. Yeah, and Kill it's it. kind of, it's so weird so kind of. You're what kind was of... the thought process? Like the, the robot was more of a threat because it was but real? I don't I think because I just think that the idea of playing, the initial idea of playing a game when you put that thing on is just kind of irrelevant. You're like, it's oh my God. Yeah, it's like, oh, and you know. Like that thing when you try out 3D TV first or something, and you're going to the 3D, you know, you look at 3D in the cinema, and it's cool. And then you kind of, after a while, you kind of go like, okay, I'm not really noticing this is 3D. You know, this is so different because if you imagine like you go to the, you go to the edge of a ledge or something, now you'd never normally look over a ledge. You kind of look down and you have a different angle looking through the bars. You can like lean over and look down at you know whatever's kind of underneath you on in the overhang kind of thing you can like 
shift your head sideways, pan round the corner, look at an imp or something, come back out. Oh, it's crazy. So did you have any problems like resolution and stuff? Because it's the prototype unit's got like a 640 by 480. Yeah, no, that's, the resolution thing, is that, no, that's that's interesting as well because that sounds like it's going to be low res and it's going to look cack and be full of jaggies and stuff. But the point is, this is crazy info, which he says in our interview in proper detail, but they've condensed, in the same way that your eye works, they condense the pixels <laughs> in the middle of your vision so it's higher resolution than on the outside of it. It's not as high. What? And now this is how your actual brain works. Like my brain isn't processing. Every, I mean, obviously, not I think resolution well, yeah. is probably not the right thing to to mm. use when describing the way you're Lots actually. Lots of cones, works. isn't it? But yeah, whatever. Yeah, the old cones, <laughs> right? <laughs> the old icons. Yeah. Whatever the icons are doing now, it's not <laughs> rendering. Although that's also not the right word. The world in you know in exact detail all, all through your vision. Now that's what he does with this thing. So you know, you d- it wasn't like oh, I need more resolutions. You know, it was. It looked crazy. The weird thing was, it kind of, you know, like when you focus in a, a telescope or something like or binoculars or whatever, and it comes in and out of vision. It was like that when I put it on, but it wasn't a focus. It was moving it vertically up and down. Like when I put it straight onto my eyes, it was kind of not in focus, and I moved it down like a millimeter, and all of a sudden it went bing and kind of came into focus. Mm. I think it's got to be directly over your eye, maybe for that reason, because of the weirdness of the of yeah. the. The, you know the cosmic pixel tech, <laughs> and it's three D as well, isn't it? So I guess the, the images don't yeah, sync up. Yeah, the three D is nuts as well. Oh, it was crazy. Honestly, it's so good. So to get me one of them. To repeat a question you asked last time, how much do you spend for that? If so, well, there's a standalone kit at home. If 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 it was the final version now, yeah. and they are saying like, okay, Hawkins on you. Okay, in the bundle, I get Hawkins, I get Doom. You know, BFG edition. I'm more excited about Hawkins, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. That game is badass. I play yeah. that as well. But not on the Oculus Rift. Uh, I definitely pay 350 for that. Really? Four, Ooh, yeah. Good. Wow. Yeah, defo. Huh. I, okay. I'd pay it. Like, you know. It's, it's the kind of thing. It's like, I know that I'll just be... The only downside to it is that you sit in there and it's the most unsocial thing ever. <laughs> like, you know, people. like I said before, it's going to be like one of those things where people are going to, you know, my girlfriend's going to come in and be like, oh, Christ, like, <laughs> you're you be this motionless, <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. actually, worse than that, not not motionless, but looking at things she can't see. Mm. So, just stood sat there in the middle of the room, just looking at the corner, head moving <laughs> around. Oh, no, yeah. an imp, an imp, Look. an imp. What, like, yeah, what's exactly. he talking about? He's yeah. lost his mind. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's gonna be so weird. And oh, I know it's gonna be, it's just it's such a weird future for mankind. <laughs> but it's, it's gonna, honestly. As soon as people have a go, I understand people are skeptical about it. I get all that, but it just doesn't take long. Well, it's it's instant. You put it on, you're like, okay. And like the as soon as you look over your shoulder behind you, and it just doesn't break, you're like, oh my god, yeah. Like this mm-hmm. is it. This is this is this is freaking. <laughs> well, it's awesome. like every every sort of person on all the games mags we work around that have come back from Gamescom having tried it have come back like. Yeah, they're spreading Whoa, like that having been converted by <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. John Carmack's mind probe. <laughs> yeah, but we sent out an army of skeptics and they came back converts. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every single person. Awesome. awesome. Is there anything else at Gamescom that stood out? Um, you said Hawking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got to I got my hands on Hawking, <coughs> which was which was great. I'm doing a preview for that in the in the mag right now, and by coincidence, I didn't play Hawking on the Oculus Rift, but that's on the Oculus Rift, which will work really well because my favorite bit about Hawking. If you move your view really quickly, your kind of view moves, and then the cockpit almost kind of catches up with it slightly, yeah, yeah. Give it, giving you the impression that you are actually in a mech, you mm. know? You're actually like in, you're not a guy 
aiming the guns of a mech. You're a guy in a mech. Yeah. And that is amazing. so cool. Because when you're like doing the quick shift, you can double tap, um, you know, W or D to kind of... Sh- dash. W or... Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. To dash about. And when you're doing that, it's got a similar thing where you kind of end up there and then the momentum of, of your body kind of compensating for the quick dash and stuff. And it feels wicked. And God, it's so pretty. And also... I don't think they've... The cities look big, but they look like kind of enclosed arenas. Like, these cities are massive. Like, mm. you could end up in a place in that city and just camp there and not see anyone. Like, a high vantage point. You know, you could be there. It was great. Like, I said in this preview, but I think the guy... I was playing it, and I was kind of having so much fun just manoeuvring it and hovering. There's a kind of, um, you know, a gauge which you can use to do dashes or to hover or to, you know, increase your speed for a little bit. And I was just flying around the map, having a good time with the mech. And the guy was obviously concerned that I, d- I wasn't bothered about shooting anyone. Like <laughs> He was like, maybe you should try a different class. Maybe you should try the um, the assault class. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm just, just having a little runabout, you know. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then, <laughs> you know, like, that's cool. And then, like, eventually he leaned over and he's like, you can lock on using the middle mouse. I knew all this. I was just having. A... <laughs> I was not doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eventually, I got a good, a good bit of shooty shooty action. I had a great time with it. But um, yeah, just the feeling of movement and yeah, it's a beautiful game. Very, very cool. Looking forward to it. It's yeah. awesome. It's going to be. It's going to be a rush of legitimately beautiful free to play games coming out. Yeah, of course, yeah, the year, totally. which is impressive. It's kind of the first wave of the really graphically. It's just an amazing time to games. be a gamer that grew up in the like grew up with PC games in the late nineties as well. Because we've got tribes back, we're getting Mech Warrior back, we're getting sure. another mech game. Yeah. Like all we need is Space Sims back and then yeah, yeah. I can, I can will die be complete. a happy man. Oh, I love well, space I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to die because anyway. It's space. <laughs> basically <laughs> what I'm saying is basically is what I'm saying is I don't want to die, so please bring back free space. Yeah, free, free to play space. Free to play space. That's, That's what they need. That's why I'd play that. <laughs> play that to death. Free to play space sounds like a horrible digital distribution platform. Free to play space. Uh, we're moving into the free to play space. Oh my god! Yeah, capitalize on our oh. marginal warming. <laughs> actually, I would love it if someone did a press conference where it's like we're moving into the free to play space, and then actually like it's like it is actually space. Yeah, it's a spaceship. <laughs> Giant lasers. Who yeah. wants to come <laughs> to our space station for free? Yeah. Cosmetic upgrades when you get there. Cosmic upgrades. Yeah. <laughs> Retro astronaut suits. <laughs> Indeed. That'd be cool. Tom. Hello. What have you been playing? Mm, well, lots of Guild Wars 2. Probably too much Guild Wars 2. And uh, I had a massive kind of co-op sesh on Saturday uh, where me, me and a uh, friend of flatmate, Tom Hatfield, just went through a, lo- a bunch of games just playing the co-op mode. So we did Battlefield 3's co-op mode. We did like a bit of Saints Row the Third, uh, a bit of Minecraft. You know, it's kind of a bit of Awesome Die 2. Just having the massive co-op experience, catching up on the co-op awesomeness. Uh, yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah, we started that um, Minecraft server in our flat. We did. Which we trade around the USB stick. That's still going. Um, yeah. We've tunneled into the bottom of the earth in that server now. But mm. um, our plan is to build a giant skull in the mountain. Have not yet come to fruition. But yeah. it's part of the plan. Um, oh, that'd be cool. Just a skull in the mountain. Yeah, you know, just a, just a, a lovely skull home. <laughs> so, yeah. what I want. so what I want, a house that's shaped like a giant skull, preferably with some fire in the eyes, you know, a bit of molten fire coming out of the mouth, kind of dribbling out there. That's cool. Just, you know, uh, find a bit of warmth on the cold winter nights but perhaps the most interesting one was Battlefield 3 which has that co-op mode which I, we so desperately wanted to be good yeah. but definitely isn't mm. <laughs> and we just kept on playing it and it's so beautiful and the the shooting feels so good uh, but it's just kind of hemmed in by these ridiculous rules and you know it's, it's got the 
in Battlefield, which you expect to be this huge, expansive experience all the time, it hems you in with these invisible walls all the time and constantly tells you you're going the, you're going the wrong way, yeah. just turn around, just do this. And it, there's, lo- there's parts of it that just seem kind of broken. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. checkpoints that don't fire off and waves that come out of nowhere. It's just like really poorly designed and really strange yeah, yeah. bolt-on. There's the final quick time event in the <laughs> yeah, campaign. It's boring, is, yeah. is the worst design quick time event. Because all you have to do is shoot a gun, but shooting a gun is now bound to E. Yeah. <laughs> and if you fail that, there's, there aren't any checkpoints. So if you fail, you go right back to the start of the mission. You have to yeah, go yeah. all the way oh, back there course. again. Absolutely ter- terrible. No, um, yeah. Really, like... Some, they can't play just did that. Just, the yeah. card spec ops mode was cool though. Yeah, we played a bit of that as well. The one where you go over the bridge, they the music on it is so amazing. <laughs> I just remember playing it just for the music on the mm. bridge, and they were repelling in, and the cars were exploding, and they kind of all tilts, doesn't it, and crashes yeah. again. It's really cool. It's really I really like the card spec ops mode because it's kind of a really quick fire thing. So the maximum length of time one will take is like eight minutes yeah, but yeah. most of them are like two or three minutes and they're supposed to be run really quickly and over and over again like an arcade game to get better points to yeah, get headshots and um, it's, it actually encourages some quite good teamwork so there are these stealth sections where you make plans like I'm going to take out the two guys on the left and you mm. crawl on your belly under this truck and take out the guy just beyond there and you make these plans and then execute them to perfection that's like that's really satisfying and cod shooting mechanics make that kind of precision you know make that a valid thing to do yeah yeah yeah, so COD's, COD won that battle, basically. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Like There are things that Call of Duty does really well that Battlefield's still catching up on. Yeah. Hopefully DICE will concentrate on that for Battlefield 4 next year. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Co-op mode. How about you, Chris? What are you playing? I'm playing a lot of Guild Wars 2, surprisingly. Ah, I figured that Guild like Wars we've all been playing, so we'll do proper impressions yeah. in a bit. The other thing I played recently, well, it's two things. One is Diablo 3 again after the ah, 1.04 yes. patch, which is the one they've kind of done to kind of fix people's gripes with the end game. The hmm. loot wasn't rewarding enough. Legendary items were crap. Inferno is hard to the point of not really being fun unless you're willing to kind of really, really commit to either grinding or getting proper equipment from the auction house. And, yeah. and, and I played more of it and made more progress and had more fun with it, but I still think I've kind of done with it sort of hit the end of the game and not not necessarily in a bad way i don't feel like i feel like i finished i feel more like i finished diablo 3 three times and failed to finish it four times Mm. than that i've just not finished it yet because i haven't finished inferno um but it's i'm playing a demon hunter and i'm quite squishy and it's all about sort of being able to get out the way quickly and sometimes that's awesome because it's a bit like playing a bullet hell game where if you take one really bad hit from like a ranged enemy then you're doomed Mm. but the structure that goes around that doesn't support kind of instant restarts in the same way. Like the fact that there's mm. a respawn timer when even when you're playing single player is yeah, that's weird. Totally, that's totally broken. Especially because it stacks. It starts off at like six seconds, and then if you die a couple times in a row, you're only waiting thirty seconds to respawn in a game you're playing by yourself. Yep, that's the alt tab. That's the alt four moment right there. Yeah, exactly. Like, but yeah, I think a moment when games start to lose their appeal for me is when I'm checking my email or looking at my phone. Yeah, or and, watching things on the yeah, second screen. And, and as much as I there's still things I enjoy about Diablo, especially things I enjoy about when it gets hard. Um, those, a lot of those things in our boxes that Guild Wars 2 is now ticking for me, actually. Hmm. Did you find that, um, so they've extended the end game by adding these Paragon levels. So yeah. you level beyond leveling and every level gets, gives you plus 3% gold and magic find. Yeah. Does this strike you as a cynical attempt to extend the game by not actually I don't think it's anything? a cynical extent, uh, attempt to extend the game. I think it might be an attempt to prevent players from feeling like they're permanently bashing their heads against a brick wall. Hmm. Because if you keep playing Diablo... It means that while you're grinding out the gold you need for the equipment you need, you're also getting something that makes you get more gold and you get, you know, you essentially gain exponentially more gold and items even if it's only in tiny increments. Yeah. And that's a way of, I guess, making it more rewarding but 
simple stat increases are the least interesting kind of upgrade. And the rest of that game is so good at making a level up moment be something more than just hmm. like when you get to like level 30 or whatever and you get your first, your, your classes kind of like big skills. For yeah. me, that was, it wasn't, oh, I'm now 5% better at like topiary. It was, I can call down demons from the sky that bomb <laughs> people yeah like that was a tangible button that i pressed and something awesome happened and they always said that thing about how every time you press a button it's something spectacular good. should happen mm. every time your character explodes with light and gains a level you should always sit like it's not just like three percent gold find yeah Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i guess there uh, part of it feels like an attempt to move like wean people off the auction house in a way they, they kind of they they've always stated that their design intent design intention was for people not to ha not to use the auction house if they didn't feel like they wanted to yeah but that's absolutely nonsense you have to, you have to use it unless like, you're willing to spend hundreds of hours of your life running act one inferno do you have to use the real money auction house or can you get away with it within game um, currency? it's it's a tricky thing i was trying to come back again i think it. it's like i feel like i can still get i can get good items now on the yeah. uh, in-game money auction house whereas there was a time when it was it was pointless going there hmm. it kind of feels like it's just a big economy that's Mm. moving up and down at the moment it's hard to predict but if you want the very best stuff it makes far more sense to go for the real money auction house mm. I think last time I checked it was something like say you want a really good bow it'd be like 10 million gold which is a lot mm. um, or £7.50 on the real money auction house oh that's pretty there. pricey though for one expensive, but it's bow. set by the players like and that's what people are paying and charging but some people want 50 quid for that stuff and they're just not getting it I think um, and obviously there's, you can, there's, people will always race to the bottom of this stuff and there'll always be someone who whacks up a brilliant item for 2 quid but I also figured out that... But still, I think, you know, I get what you're saying, like, that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it is set by the players, but two quid's quite expensive for, like, an item. Like, I mean, you know... It is. No, that's the thing. You've bought, we've already bought that game, haven't we? You know? I, I wouldn't mind putting, like, yeah, a fiver I mean... to kick my old guy out, but if I'm just going to get him a pair of shoes and a, and a freaking cloth hat... It's weird, actually. Maybe we shouldn't let it get slide simply because that price is set by the player. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously... Because you need that item to progress that's the thing yeah. it's, it's a gate it, it's a gate right there exactly you have to you have to that feels to different to when i spend stupid money on a tf2 dove <laughs> it's just a visual thing it's not yeah, stopping yeah. you from playing the part of the game that you want to access no but i don't regret it's, it it feels like it's, it's very <laughs> it's very powerful like the most bullshit thing about diablo 3 for me was the uh is item damage and how much it costs to repair your items at high yeah, levels yeah. Mm. because it completely stops you from having fun on the top tier you, yeah. so you get three runs at Inferno, if you die three times, three or four times, your all of your equipment is shattered, and you have to spend thirty thousand gold. And in order to get thirty thousand gold, you have to basically just run uh, Act Four on Hell yeah. from start to finish, and that that'll do it for you. That's forty-five minutes. So every time I want to yeah. have a crack at Inferno, which is by far it's much oh, more that's exciting, a nightmare. To go back and grind it out in, and it's absolutely nonsense. It's, it's busy work, and I don't see. I don't. I mean, to be honest, I don't see its place in a single-player game. No, and I certainly, I'm, I'm seeing its place less and less in multiplayer games. Mm. Like repair mechanics were brought in basically to manage economy. Yeah, in, so in big MMOs, sink, right? Yeah, that's right? So that, um, so that ultimately there is always something draining money from top-level players, um, because otherwise they can't add any kind of meaningful challenge in mm. terms of you know the inflation on like what new items have to cost in order for them to be rare or. Mm. something to earn gets out of control because yeah. if you wait six months and top level players haven't had anything to spend money on then next time you add a cool new mount it has to be eight billion gold <laughs> they have so, so much money. you need something to control inflation i get that and i get it in in mmos um but and maybe we should be thinking of diablo 3 as an online game i certainly well it certainly demands the same things in terms of connection 
but I just don't see there's no community there, right? There's no sense no. of place that is that mm. needs to be sustained by having. It doesn't offer the same things that an yeah. MMO does. It doesn't offer you the community, the sense of rolling mm. with in this. It doesn't give you the world that an MMO gives you. Also, you know, specifically from an economic point of view, there's very little to buy. Mm. Like there's nothing to buy that the game sets the price off really, because the the price of the things you buy with gold, mm. equipment wise, are all set. That all that all those prices are set by players. So there is already a check and balance in the system about how much money players actually have to spend, mm. because if players don't have any money. I mean, maybe it's a check against infinite inflation in the price of items on the auction house. Maybe that is what it is. But, it, but it's, it's one that has a direct... It's a brutal and no fun way of doing a, it. A direct yeah. influence on what I can and can't do in the game. And it's directly stopping me from playing the part of the game that I want to play the most. Yeah. Which is, like that. if it's a gold sink mechanic, then it's completely failed because it's completely interfering. It's not managing the economy. It's just interfering the experience of the players at the same time. The thing is, like, I went on to the real money auction house and you can buy 100,000 gold in-game gold for 27p. So I put like three quid in and now I have like, you know, I've got like six, five, six hundred thousand gold now. So I but I did it so I didn't have to worry about repair costs. Just yeah, see yeah. how I feel. And th what this reminds me of is a very bad freeze play game. Yeah. It reminds me of Spiral Knights, which uh, I, I reviewed like months ago, like last year sometime, I think. And that has a similar mechanic where it just stops the fun and says, sorry, you can't go any further. Uh, we need you to pay, pony up or, you know, put in loads of grind time. Mm. And I... Like battered that game for that because it's just mm. it's dreadful and yeah, Diablo yeah. three is doing exactly the same. It's basically thing. an energy bar mechanic, isn't it? It like, is. It's, an, it's exactly like, the same. If you thing. want to, if you want to do another three moves today, like yep, you like pay Farmville for or a Facebook yeah. game, yeah, pay twenty five p to get yeah. your to top of your energy bar. It's the same. Or it's share it with four thing. friends. Mm. I guess it depends how much you know how much kind of value you've had out like compare it to say spiral nights or whatever. Mm. Like say that kicked in. I don't know how many hours into the game did that kind of thing kick in 16, for you? I guess for me. Um, yeah. For Diablo 3, for Spiral Knights, it's like within the hour. Yeah, exactly. But like, well, I guess with Diablo, you have completed it a couple of times, haven't you? And yeah. But I, I guess, guess you paid I'm so not, much I'm money not for saying it. that it's fine. It's not saying that it's fair enough. I'm mm. just saying that it's not quite as bad as that. No, because, it's not as egregious. But yeah, you, but it, it still does suck. It's, it's weird. And it's, it's, it's odd in a way because it's the side of the game that, you know, honestly, most people, a lot of people don't get to. Mm. No mm. one to beta tested as far as, or not, no one externally beta tested. Inferno and, and what that side of the game was like and also obviously the vast majority of people who saw the game critically and reviewed it won't have got yeah, that was patched in the repair costs were yeah that's what it was a month so, after the game was released so, so they wouldn't have even seen it if everyone had gotten finished Inferno no, the first time around it's, it's been put in after the game and so and if that would have even been possible in an environment where people weren't where the auction house wasn't up to speed yet yeah. you know what I mean like, yeah. it, it, it's Hiding that stuff away, I think it's, it's, it's deeply problematic. And as someone who's written recently a thing on a Diablo Zen game, trying to put the positive spin on it, hmm. um, which is if, if you treat it like a casino and only spend as much as you're willing to spend um, and have fun but leave as soon as you've, you know, kind of had your hmm. fun, then there's still a good game there. Um, but that's putting an awful lot on the player to manage their own sort of investment. Yeah. To... It, it feels like uh, so, so many layers of nonsense over... A very very good action RPG, like yes. an exceptional action RPG at the heart. That it's just it's been coloured by you know layers and layers of patches that have changed mm -hmm. the balance of repair costs, and then keep on adding these mechanics. Well, it, to try it to finds fix ways that to thing. annoy you constantly. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Like, can't just play it, you know. Actually, can we talk about Guild Wars Two? <laughs> yeah, I, I, want to to I, want to, I want to bounce onto the opposite thing, right? Yeah, because the thing keeps striking me about Guild Wars Two, and I wrote this in the post I put up today, um, is like. I'm constantly, when I'm writing about it, saying, oh, I did this thing and I was amazed it wasn't more inconvenient. Like, I pressed, I pressed <laughs> a button. Expect that I pressed a button and it put all of my crafting materials into a part of my bank that is dedicated for crafting materials and allows me to store infinite crafting materials. Yeah. I was like, that's really convenient. I that's go, wicked. Like, or, like, I need to, I mean, 
you know, I, I can teleport <coughs> anywhere I want. Or, you know, like if I want to change my build, I can pretty quickly. If I want to use a new weapon, it doesn't break anything. It's very hard for me to break my own experience with this game. I'm constantly impressed by how generous it is with my time. You know what I mean? Like, every time I log on, if I'm doing the same thing over and over again, not enjoying it, it's probably because I'm being a bit sort of OCD about it and trying to desperately finish one thing hmm. when there's a million other fun things I could go off and go do. Do well, be well, or be and I think that's kind of the big thing for me about the game why I'm enjoying it so much is because it feels like it actually well respects how much time I have to give it and thinks I should have a good time hmm. every time. Also, and it's managing to not piss me off constantly. And it's weird how I've kind of come to accept that... Do you think mechanics are designed to artificially extend the experience in order to sort of sustain a subscription fee. Absolutely. I mean, so, yeah, thing that's is, the thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm very wary of bringing things ArenaNet have said to me yeah. into the critical process of assessing that game, right? As it should be. But they explicitly said that the moment they got rid of the subscription fee with Guild Wars, they could think about those games completely differently. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. they had a completely different... Their criteria to success became different because it stopped being how do we get people... To keep playing it. Yeah. Over and over again. But, well, in a way, it still is that because you want people to keep playing it. But it becomes... They don't... Like, for them, the big win is if someone come, goes away and says, oh, I'm really loving this game, you should buy it. Like, that's how, that, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they want people, you know, their entire business model is basically built around people liking them, which is why they have such amazing customer support team. Yep. Um, liking them, thinking that the game is has a, a generosity of spirit about it that makes you feel like these guys are on your side, you know what I mean? As opposed to everyone being really angry at Blizzard for what they perceive as these continual sort of hard business decisions. You know, Arena, I think, survive based on the goodwill that surrounds that game and the fact that you know people feel like the game is being generous with them um, and that's really and, and therefore they'll recommend the game to their friends and they'll keep playing it and they'll buy the expansions when the expansions come out that's a great knock on effect as well in terms of what they want to do with that game next so yeah. those people aren't like the subscription fee which you've lapsed the psychological barrier to resubscribing is so high yeah. that when someone when you release the, that expansion it's going to be so hard to get those people back in whereas Guild Wars 2 you just boot it up again and it's yeah. still there well, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, the brilliant thing is this like um, people, they're not asking anyone to quit the MMOs they already play. Yeah. Like, when someone brings out a big new MMO with a subscription fee, what they're asking, essentially, is for all the WoW players to drop WoW and go and play the Secret game. World. Yeah. Secret, uh, Secret World or Rift or, or Tor yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? They're, they're saying this is a competitor to the game you're playing. It can't be played alongside it. And you can argue that Guild Wars, you know, has just as much stuff to do in it as, as most launch MMOs. And therefore, you know, it's, it's still a big ask in terms of time, in terms of really, really want to get into it. Yeah. But... There are plenty of, I imagine, there are going to be plenty of WoW players who, I mean, maybe Pandaria has been carefully timed in this regard or, or one way or the other, who will go, yeah, I'll play that. And they'll probably keep playing it and buy it and keep playing it on off and on. And it'll be part of their lives because it's not directly competing with hmm. that monthly subscription. And that's brilliant because suddenly, whereas um, yeah, everyone, everyone else is fighting for an MMO audience, it's incredibly hard to move. Hmm. Girl was avoiding that entirely by just not doing it. And it feels like... Like, what, where's the real risk? What do you think? It, um, do you think it is? It's, what has Guild Wars not got that um, the sub MMOs have got? We would, yeah. This is a really interesting point because, um, like, in order to justify paying a subscription for another MMO, right? And the only thing I'll accept from this is people who really, really, you know, they've played Warcraft for years and years now. They're totally invested in that mm. world, and it's that specific world and those specific people they're there with that make it worth it, right? Yeah. That that investment, notwithstanding, right? The reason, I think, to stick with a big subscription MMO would be because you really love, say, PvP or something, or raids. And honestly, Guild Wars 2 does almost all of that. The thing I'm not sure about and that I'm interested to talk to people about, I've seen talking to our guys, community guys about, is raiding, specifically WoW-style raiding, the kind of raiding that WoW invented, where it's about 
Um, it's like mass coordination, isn't it? You have to coordinate mass coordination a in, a, in a very specific way, though. It's this kind of like really perfect math mathematical coordination yeah, that goes yeah, against yeah. scenario design. So it's all about kind of maintaining this, this perfect relationship between damage and healing and mana mm. and all the rest of those mechanics. And people really love that and really get into that and the yeah. theory crafting side of it. Um, and I've played enough of Guild Wars' uh, hard PvE to know that there are there's definitely a huge skill aspect to it and there's definitely mechanics, but its systems are very different, right? It doesn't have healer damage tank. It's much more Twitch-based. Mm. Um, its ability, it's much more kind of granular in a bunch of ways. Like, it's, it's less about sort of... Um, you know, there's no mana in it, right? Mm. So it's more about cooldowns. So therefore it comes down to the specific cooldowns of specific abilities rather than big general concepts like this uses a lot of mana versus not using a lot of mana. And as a result, I think there will be amazing strategies that will come out of it and stuff like that. And it'll be mm. really interesting to watch. And there's, there's probably a, a game there for people who really like their hard, really hardcore PV, PvE. But it's not the same game, right, mm. as the one that um, WoW Raiders play. Um, I, I think they should try it. But I think there will be people who really want that. They want these perfect. They, they want to engine like it's basically they're playing space camera. Right? They they want to engineer their perfect machines yeah. that kill dragons. And maybe they want to fail like three times, and on the fourth time, pull it off. Yeah, and it feels that, amazing. That, that, you that know? was totally happening. It was though. you'll fail yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. in Guild Wars. But um, yeah, it's a very different kind of way of designing high end PVE, and I don't think it has that. I mean, but then those people I think have to ask themselves, well, am I getting enough out of rest of it? Has it got that on a smaller scale, say to compare it to say the flashpoints in Tor or something? Yeah, there are there are story dungeons. Um, every ten levels after level thirty, that tell the story of the kind of ongoing story about the big hero group. That's the kind of every when you start a character, you, you will have met a character who's like the main character for your race. Mm. Um, what race are you playing? Uh, uh, Sora. Yes, yeah, Sora. Yeah. You know, yeah. one voice by Felicia Day. Yeah, She's a member yeah. of this group, and yeah. all five of them come together in, in those dungeons, um, which is what drags all the different player races together. Oh, that's cool. And so, and then, but each of them also has like an explorable mode, which is super hard. So you go back into the dungeon, and it's actually after whatever happened when you went there. And I go time. in there with like just my kind of chums I've worked out. I, I, I match me into a group of like four or five it's players five or something. It's five people, and it's instanced, yeah. So it's like, I mean, it is a traditional instance in that sense, and they branch and they have different bits and bobs in them. There are still events inside dungeons that can happen randomly as well. Mm. Like a wall might fall down and a monster comes out or something. But but um, it is more traditional MMO instance. It's only the combat system that's really different. I know, yeah. I know a lot of people think it doesn't feel very different when you start off because you are just pressing number keys. But when you get to that level and you really have to think about timing blocks and dodges and the fact that you can only really dodge twice before it has to recharge and stuff yeah. like that, that's when it comes becomes difficult. Hmm. Um, sorry, I rambled about PvE a lot. But I think I think that's if that's you know I think I think there's definitely a really cool game there that I'm, I'm just getting towards level thirty with my first live character now so i'll be seeing how that's changed but um there's definitely a cool game there but if you're a hardcore wow raider and that's what you spend your subscription money for then you'll probably stick with wow but i would, I would encourage almost anyone else to take a serious i guess it's um there's a, a bunch of people who like completely player created experiences like for you online course, that's, yeah that's yeah. obviously but it's, yeah. it's a different animal isn't it yeah i think i mean in my head, that's a different genre. Yeah, it like, feels like mm. it. Even like, well, these are MMORPGs, and that's, for better or worse, become this kind of game that went from EverQuest to WoW through Dark Age of Camelot and into Asheron's Call and Rift and, and all these different... That's one genre. Mm. And then, like, Eve is something else with, like, Worm. Worm and, and those And, guys, like, yeah. Star Wars Galaxies was a hybrid of the two in a bunch of different mm. ways. But, like, that kind of amazing persistence where it's all player-generated and it's totally emergent, I, f I feel like they're different enough that just trying to compare them is, mm. you know... Totally, totally different. And yeah, you know, Eve, maybe business models, anything you could compare with. Um, sorry, <laughs> that was a long sentence. Yeah. But, so, um, it's interesting, though, you know, to kind of 
I don't know. Like it it doesn't when I when I go in there it doesn't feel like a lesser MMO even though it's going to cost a hell of a lot less for me to play it for as long as I want. Yes. It's it's, it's slightly confusing. I still kind of I don't know. Like there, there is that in in-game um store, kind of yeah. store. Like can you find um, imagine yourself spending money on there in the future? Maybe. I mean, everything in that store you can earn. Hmm. Um even the stuff that only has like it's gems is their currency, their pretend yeah. currency. Um you, there's a, like a stock market that allows you to trade gems for gold. So even if there are items that only have a gem cost, you can still ultimately... It'll probably end up like um, Diablo, where the investment of gold you'd need is probably massive. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, I don't... Playing it, I level up pretty quick. Um, I don't really feel the need to buy XP boosters and things. Um, I don't, at the moment, want to buy aviator sunglasses for my character. I mean, it's actually worth pointing out that being playing since Saturday and it's been down for a lot of that time. It's one of those kind of subsystems that hasn't kind of survived launch yeah. as well. And they're kind of launching it like the auction house. They're launching soon, I think. So I haven't been tempted by it. But that's maybe... How much would it. you spend on aviators in real money? In in real money? None. What, 10 pence? I, I don't <laughs> want... Well, one 10 pence, mate. Aviators. Stick it to your gun. All right, yeah. Okay. 20 pence. <laughs> 20 pence. Are you, st- are you selling your stuff ahead of moving to Sweden? Then <laughs> yeah. you just got a pair of uh, virtual aviators. aviators. Virtual aviators. Well, the problem is that the you'd aviators... buy them for fifty nine p. Wouldn't you? That's the magic price going to Apple. <laughs> the um, the uh, the thing about the like a lot of those items is that they are part of your like characters like cosmetic clothes set, mm. which is not the armor. Would I buy aviators that I could wear as armor? Perhaps. Would I buy aviators that I can only work, wear while starting a dance troupe? Um. Which was brilliant, by the way, and you should totally check out the animated GIF of that. We're all uh, dancing. Then, um, perhaps, but only because we've now started this dance troupe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. suddenly become more appealing now. We've started if, doing if, that. All right, if they sold the aviators with an animation, like an emote that I could do, and I could only do it if I had the... Like, you know in Team Fortress where you get, like, an yeah, item yeah. that you to do a thing, or, you know, like, you so just like, so t- Take the shades down like, and peer over Yeah, No, basically, it. I either want one of two <laughs> things. I either want, like, the deal with the aviator drop, yeah. Like where you kind of just lower something like that, or the opposite, and maybe they could have both, which is the ability to whip the aviators off, and then um, and then Roger Daltrey would scream. Like that would uh, be that would be my. The if they put right. that, I would probably pay more than fifty nine p for that. I'm not. Gonna what lie. about um, Johnny Cage's victory animation for Mortal Kombat <laughs> when he takes them off, puts them in his back pocket, then um, crosses his arms? Okay, yeah. Tell me more. Fifty nine p. Yeah, definitely, definitely, maybe two pounds. Easy, this, this, easy, uh, like, sorry, easy, money. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. If you basically, for me, cosmetic items aren't really enough. I need a way to gratuitously <laughs> show them off. Because <laughs> I feel like it's not enough for someone to walk past and go, "That person's wearing aviators." They have to. I have to be able to stand there, like I don't know, right when an event is happening, <laughs> ignore this supply caravan that's under attack, and just put my shades on, yeah, and then walk off. He's wearing sunglasses, but he's moving as well, which impresses <laughs> me so much more. That's what they're that's, saying. I mean, that's basically true. I though. do know what you mean, though. <laughs> it's true, though. Only it, it makes it an active thing, doesn't it? It makes yeah. it like, I'm going to do my taunt now, mm. as opposed to... Well, they are face. actually going to sell PvP taunts. Because, you know, in, in PvP, when you do the death blows, where you... Uh, the flag. Uh, okay, I, okay, I, you I know, you, you, yet, know but... you get knocked down when you get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? In PvP, you can, you can death blow. A bit like you revive friendly players, you can death blow enemy players. Which involves jumping in the air and then smacking them with a flag, yeah, that's, like that's planting awesome. a flag on them. And they are going to add new animations for those. And the ones I've seen have all been like variants on the flag thing. So you'll whack a flag down, and then like a holographic rabbit will run away. That sounds that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'll buy that. but they're going to they're going to do um, 
loads of them and they were talking about um, we have an interview about this like they're going to add ones that like warrior specific and necromancer specific ways of mm. like finishing off your enemies I don't think to say what that'd be um, I asked them if they were going to have like you could pull out a folding chair and like <laughs> whack him with <laughs> it smash him over the head with it um, they they said also that I mean I said you know would you do like seasonal ones and they kind of made that noise that means yes <laughs> but yeah. without saying yes which is I, I can imagine you know like Christmas finishing moves would be amazing so yeah like, that'd be cool that'd be um, so I Get think there's a lot of freedom for like that kind of fun stuff to find its way into the gem store and that'd be a cool use of it um, I certainly don't think it qualifies as a like a pay to win mechanic at all because no, none of the measures of victory in that game are gated in that way um, yeah it doesn't like you're stopped by your level depending like the judges you can and can't go into a dictated by your level but there doesn't seem to be a, a tiered armor system or anything that requires no. grinding or um, work, that work thing for. about all armor of a given level being yeah. pretty much the same just stat bonuses being different mm. is is kind of key to that in a mm. way and we've already found like, how important it is that your your stuff looks cool um read about that a lot but i mean you didn't oh did you play it before i played guild wars well, oh, I didn't play. Yeah, right had you played any Guild Wars two? Because it's just like no, I didn't. I, I didn't play okay. on the beta and stuff. I'd be really interested to know what that was like for you because I played so much of it by the time it actually came out. Hmm. Well, I mean, I haven't played loads of it, but from what I have played, I was super impressed when I went in. It's, it's so streamlined the starting areas and stuff, and I loved the way it was. You know, you. I know this is simple and obvious, but you've got that bar you can fill up however you want. So yeah. I was just exploring, and it was going oh, good exploring. Yeah. Good job on the old exploring. Like normally, exploring is the bit that I do, and then. I get penalised in MMOs for, you know, going too far or, hmm. you know, I'm not actually gaining anything from it. But then I actually went proper exploring with, with Andy. We actually kind of went off to the to the Norn area and um, just literally trekked there. And that was ace because I actually ended up doing kind of starting quests over there then as well, like a little heart starting quest for those guys. This, yeah, it's lovely. I'm, re I'm really digging it. Hmm. I love my Asura dude as well. I think he's absolutely yeah, awesome. Yeah, your character is awesome. I kind of want to just... I would plus shave him and <laughs> <laughs> give him all the time. Hell yeah, actually, if you could buy, like, little, like you know, yeah. that used to be that company that made, like, World of Warcraft models based yeah. on your character. Get the old 3D printers involved, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Get on with it. Go may as well. I might start that business. Yeah. It's I think someone's already got one on Kickstarter now. Oh, really? There's a couple on there, but yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah. very cool, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'm still gathering all my thoughts together about it because, you know, got to gotta review it. <laughs> Cool. Give pretty, it a score. Pretty but, big game. But I think yeah. it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased people are enjoying it, though. I was kind of... Yeah, almost everyone seems to yeah. be really, really digging it. But really in like kind thinking. of quite a casual way. It's like people are just kind of rolling around together and exploring and doing the occasional quests. They're not power level. No one's really power level. See, that's what's much, super yeah. cool about it, because I do get the super hardcore way people play MMOs and stuff. But the, I've been in places so many times when it's like, oh, you're not doing it right. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And in Guild Wars, it's just like, no one's ever going to say to you, oh, look, come on, shape up. It's like we're all just cruising about, yeah. having a laugh, you know. It's like it really does feel like that, like yeah. kind of chilled out, no pressure kind of stuff. And just, you know, as a very obvious side note, some of the places you visit in that game look amazing. Yeah. Like way better than like other MMOs, not just in a technical way, but like artistically some of those areas just blew my socks off. Yeah, Lion's Arch is Absolutely yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that that little view in the Norn area when you can see the kind of bear and the eagle and the panther and stuff just looks amazing. Huge statues. I like those. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good game. Very exciting. So if we're looking to say many more products, I've got to give it a score. Yeah. So you know what yeah. going to be. But, um, but yeah, it's um, it's just nice to kind of, hopefully people will rem realize, remember that people get so cynical about MMOs and I still think the core idea of those games 
is a good one, which is that it should just be a fun world that you roam around in your, with your mates and, mm. and there's challenge there and there's all these sort of hardcore things to do. But, um, and it'd be nice if, if people can maybe be, after this bit, less cynical about that idea. You know what I mean? That mm. doesn't necessarily have to mean a monthly subscription or an endless grind or, or you know, having to log in every week to raid or you get behind and, and stuff like that. Exactly. That'd be really, if it can change that, then it could be a big deal. I think uh, playing Guild Wars 2 has made it hard for you guys to go back to WoW ever. Absolutely. Hmm. I mean, yeah. it's breaking for you. I mean, you know, I, I, still, I still played a lot more WoW than I have of Guild Wars 2, but yeah, I, at, at present, I have no desire to do that at all. We'll put it this way, right? Like, I mean, I loved World of Warcraft for a long time, and, and, um, but, and recently, I, and I, I tried to go back a couple of times over the last couple of years, but as I've gotten older... I came out when I was a teenager, so as I got older, um, I have had less time for those games. And every time I've decided to play one, I've had to have like sit down with myself and go like, okay, do you really want to spend this money every month? Do you really have the time to raid? Do you really have the time to be a part of the guild you need to be a part of or else you won't be able to see any of the content and all that stuff? And the fact that Guild Wars 2 doesn't ask me any of those questions means it's a really easy decision because it's like, um, the way to put it is I can't imagine myself uninstalling it hmm. because hmm. even if I stop playing it for years at a time it'll still be there I'm not spending you know what I mean I'll probably boot it up and go and run around and, do a bit of Wobbly World or yeah, whatever see what's happening see what right they, how they change the zones or whatever like that's it's such an easy it's such an easy um, decision to make you know what I mean because yeah. it does not it's not it does not it's not demanding your wallet straight away although I guess it is or, you, or your time I mean that's the thing is mm. yeah put in as like it's easy to have fun in an hour in that game you know it's easy to just go around get involved in a couple of events do a bit of crafting then hop out and mm. you don't feel like you're playing to justify spending 10 pounds a month or mm. you know to really level up like leveling becomes feels more and more relevant the more you get into it really because you're just kind of exploring and you're leveling in the background and the important thing is that you're you go through an area and you're seeing something new that's happening like maybe there's a fire elementals popped up with this nuclear reactor now you have to try and kill it and it's that kind of thing that's it that's pretty refreshing for me like yeah. i didn't really get that in tour where I felt like I was plowing through this linear questing. It's, it's funny because like, yeah, I, I thought I would miss things like griffin rides. You know what okay. I mean? Like in, in WoW, if you I travel. think is though, I ca- you carry on, sorry, but I kind of do miss those things. Okay, mm. and, and, and the side of this is I don't fast travel in like Skyrim, right? I'm, I'm anti-fast travel. I'm one of those people. Like, I walk everywhere in games. And I think you, Guild Wars is often more rewarding if you walk because you'll find whatever random things are happening on the way. But I totally, totally love that if I log into Guild Wars on my lunch break, and I need to go and do, I want to do my story quest and it's on the other side of the world. Yeah. I can just go and do it. That even though like if I, the, the choice is mine at that point, right? Whether I want to go the scenic way that where the cool events will happen yeah. or if I just want to do it, right? Teleport that, to, that choice should be mine. Like now I can't really yeah, go back to right. a game where it doesn't give me that choice. Like, hmm. yeah. It's just, the thing, well, it's just, I don't know, that kind of sense of, of knowing something's, a long journey away, especially when you're walking there for the first time in WoW, and that kind of trek of, you know, when when you when you get to a, you know, you're walking somewhere and you get to the edge of a kind of mountain or you get over a big kind of hill or something, you look and it's a new view, mm. and you're thinking, right, I'm walking through this bit now, and it could take like thirty minutes to walk somewhere or something in WoW, and you're doing it as a little crew, like that. There is something special about that kind of journey. Now, I know you could still do that in Guild Wars. Yeah. And well, you I, do have to because you have to walk to places before you can teleport to them. Yeah. But, like, even when I... Like, from my starting area, I, I teleported to Lion's Arch. Is that right? Yeah. It's a big middle city. So there. And then I went to the known place and kind of walked there. And I had kind of bounced across the map. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I do... You know, 
I, I do agree that that is cool because the reason I was doing that is because I wanted to go and see someone else who just started playing the game and meet up with those guys and kind of just show each other our characters and that was cool. But I don't know, it's the same in EVE. Like the first time you kind of find someone in EVE, no exaggeration, it, I, I had like about an hour and a half worth of warps before I could meet like Andy when I first started playing EVE online. Yeah, I remember that. And I know that seems like annoying and kind of just a bit of a pointless thing to do, but it did make me think like, God, Andy's a long way away from yeah. me right now. <laughs> I think they've definitely massive. they've sacrificed that sense of like space. Hmm. But I mean, maybe this is not quite the way we're putting it. I think maybe that sense of scale of the world and the fact that the world is this big place with like internally consistent physical laws of travel mm. that you have to respect. Yeah, is more useful to a game like Eve, which is all about simulation. Mm. Simulation that's hung off a few very specific rules, like travel time. Right? You know, travel time is essential to Eve because that's why trading comes from. Right. Like without without travel time, yeah. if you've had teleporting or beyond a certain point <laughs> that wasn't bound by restrictions, then there would be no Eve because there'd be no economy. Um, but in a game which is about like and what you know, and the genre as the genre has kind of branched and evolved into this other thing, which is all about having adventures in a fantasy world, which is ultimately what World of Warcraft is about. Um, that idea of the internally consistent world that has this very fixed physical travel time between places. Mm-hmm. Has become less and less relevant and more of an inconvenience. Yeah, um, and I do under <coughs> excuse me. I do understand where you're coming from with your stuff. I do, you know, it does make sense. Oh, I yeah. just, I just definitely get that. Li- I kind of wish, like the first time I went to meet someone, it was a kind of big trek. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know, just yeah, like I, that first time you see someone in the distance. It's like, oh god, there he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the Day Z syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's like, oh my god, this has actually worked. We found each other. Wow. <laughs> yeah. and then you die, but I mean, you know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and I actually really mm. love that feeling as well. Yeah, and it's an interesting thing. It's sort of, but at the same time, today I had half an hour to play my lunch break, yeah. and I was halfway across the world instantly doing the thing I wanted to do. Yeah, totally. And that was a moment of. The equivalent of that feeling in God Wars 2 at the moment is going in and out of instances yeah, until oh God, you pop into the same instance broke, together. Right, <laughs> they really need to fix. Like, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, oh my God, we're in the same version of reality. Yes, we've made <laughs> yeah, it. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, they need to sort that out. They need Basically, the only thing they need to change is they need to make it so that when a group of people parties together, yeah. the servers the find instance. a way to put them in the same instance. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because the fact that it's... I mean, it happens sometimes now, but it's inconsistent. And that's the worst thing is the inconsistency. Mm. Like it's the it's literally the only glaring, really glaring inconvenience in that game is this endless grind. But if you keep an eye on the guys, like literally look at them, they don't jump out, do they? But if you if they kind of someone goes off screen, it's, if the, the kind of portrait like blacks out, yeah, yeah, I think it's Phantom. still it's so still weird. a lag and server problem. Yeah, I think hopefully it'll relax after launch and yeah. those overflow servers will become less and less necessary and you know, yeah, start popping straight straight on. Hope, oh, better like, I'm really, yeah. I think they basically. I think they, they definitely weekend. know it's a problem because they've been all over Twitter. If it, about it, yeah. If it goes, if it, if if it's still really a problem this weekend, then that'll be a bit. Mm, that'll, be that'll, that'll be a lot of people's first proper weekend with the game. Like mm. that's kind of when it needs to work. work yeah. yeah like, you're right. I mean, I'll forgive Auction House not working at the moment and Worldly World being a bit up and down it, it, because exactly. I will take that rather than the game being down. You know what I mean? If they need to find some space in their servers hmm. for the game itself. And it's just, it's realistically what happens with every MMO. There, there are always smaller systems that go down, but sometimes the game just doesn't work like Diablo yeah. 3. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. And like, they, you know, they can't do the, the Rift or the Tor thing of having a million servers at launch that mm. then eventually all merge because <laughs> of how well the world works and what that's intended to pr- promote, which is like real sense of loyalty, like we're gunners hold and we're not going anywhere else. Mm. You know what I mean? If, like I can understand why they've launched only the servers they want, and then they'll deal with it with Overflow. Yeah, but yeah, 
I mean, I think that's the thing people forget when they say, obviously, Rift had a really smooth launch, but it was had loads yep. of mergers, <clears throat> not very long afterwards. Uh, Guild Wars. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. The game that I think about. We haven't even done the bloody Steam charts yet. Let's do the Steam charts really quickly, then move on to questions okay. from Twitter, shall we? Okay. Uh, number one on the Steam chart. Well, no, hang on. Other way around. I forgot which way I was down. Do chart number, number 10. She was at number 10. Yeah, have yeah. a gradually increasing sense of, you know, excitement towards okay. the, the top of the chart. I did them the wrong way around. Actually, the confusing thing is I put the numbers the wrong way around on the list. <sighs> Any because <laughs> I'm an actual idiot. <laughs> okay. At number 10, or possibly one, is Counter-Strike Go. Top really, fans. Is that... It must be the top. Yes. Uh, this was the... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> CSGO must be Don't look top. at the list, right? Okay. Let me interpret the list. Okay. Because okay. the list is confusing. Okay. The list is... The list lies. I'll, I'll look away from the list. <laughs> I wish we could edit this. Chris has written the whole Can't... list in backwards talk. <laughs> it's like red it's in mirror writing. I've, I've listed them in the order they appeared in the list, not in the ranking order that the list dictates. Ah, uh, okay. I think. Unless team... Why is it written in blood, Chris? Why? There's many questions. God, I'm a professional. All right. Counter-Strike, go, go. Uh, is, is that doing very is well? Is it doing? Surely it's doing it's, very it's, well. If it's good enough to be in the top ten, it would be good enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> it must be doing very well. I, I played Counter Strike Go. I will tell you what, right. right? When I played that <laughs> in the beta, I sucked so bad because mm. most people on it were really good. Yeah, but it was beta. Full but of pros. I jumped on the weekend, and man, I, I did still suck. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't suck as bad. And the <laughs> mode where this is so cool, half gun game. Half, you know, is it called demolition or is that the original bomb mode? Uh, That's the, the just standard mode, isn't it? Okay, well, in this one, if you get a kill, right, you start off with with lovely, you know, M16 or Famas or whatever. Oh, it's going if if you get a kill, your gun gets slightly slightly worse. Huh. So the next round you come back in, it's you know it's a little bit worse, blah blah blah. So eventually on round eight of ten or something. People who suck, like me, have still got an M16, <laughs> but the dudes who kick ass have just got a really crappy handgun, so I've got a much better chance of getting some kills in, which is nice. And I really like that mode. It's lovely. Cool. Hmm. At number two or nine <laughs> is The Walking Dead at 12 past nine, because the new three. episode came out today, so we haven't played it yet. No. But you and I, the people who played the first two. Yeah. When we spoke about it last week. Yeah. It remains good. Cool. It does remain good. I've read more of the books since then. It's great. Love them. And that's the thing that's going to drag me away from Guild Wars because I really want to find out what happens next. Awesome. Cool. At number three or eight. <laughs> Double it's think. Borderlands 2 at 2999. Let's just describe the gun that we saw Tom Francis using last night. Yes. Okay. It's a, a handgun that sounds like a party pop when it fires. It does no damage except you could throw it at the enemy and then it explodes doing the same amount of damage as one of those hits. And, and then, then it returns to your hand, it seems. like, And it, there seems yeah. to be an endless supply of guns that you can throw. Not like a boomerang, it just kind of pops in there, re-warps yeah. into your hand. I don't know if it's the same gun teleporting back or a new gun being made. So you have a, like oh, my, a mini, oh, fa mini fabrication thing. Oh, that's that's my interpretation of it. Hmm. So either way, kind of a magical gun appears in your hand that you can then throw at the enemy It's again. almost like, I don't know if this is the, the best, or worst, the thing best or worst thing ever. <laughs> like, probably the best. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, that game looks very similar to the first one. <laughs> yeah, but I don't mind what I think it's really watching them behind mm. yeah. Yeah, cool. It does look similar to the first one. Yeah. I really hope they fix all the things we want them to fix about it, like fiddly ma management and that menu looked a bit... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Menu did not, not look good. But, so, yeah, we'll wait for Tom to... The menu in the first Borderlands was unbelievable, though. You had to scroll up and down it, even though I was on a monitor running, buddy, you know, 1080. Yeah. You had to... Oh, God. So I didn't want to think about it until, until right. you modded that. Yeah, carry on. 
In other wacky inventory news, at four or seven is Armour 2 Combined Operations, also known as DayZ. So that's hasn't really, well, maybe it has dropped down, or maybe it hasn't, depending on whether it's <laughs> it's fourth or seventh. But um, we, were, we were wondering whether the, like, the standalone version of DayZ would affect the sales of Combined Operations, but it's still doing really well. People still want to play that and still buying it hmm. all over the place. So well done, well done. Then. Well done, then. <laughs> at five or six... <laughs> Is Dark Souls. Hey. Prepared to die edition, isn't it? Prepared to die edition. I yeah. prepared to die. I di- oh, that's what I played um, when I was waiting for Guild Wars 2 to come online. Hmm. Played loads of Dark Souls. And uh, I was pleased because it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. I would be actually. Because everyone, all you ever hear about Dark Souls is how hard it is. Hmm. And you die a lot, but it's kind of it's surprisingly grindy for me, I find. like hmm. um, if you, you, you need souls in order to level up and then improve your strength. So you, And whenever you camp at a campfire... Um, all the enemies you've slain respawn in the area. So you go out and kill them again for more souls. Then you return to the campfire to level up and bank your souls and go out and do that again. And it feels like just I've wiped... All I need to do is wipe an area three times, three or four times, level up enough, then do the boss, and it's not that bad. Hmm. So it's been quite quite interesting, really. I think the thing is, if you lose concentration, if you kind of just go in and think, oh, here we go, that's when you die. you you screwed down. And that's cool, but I mean... Obviously, you can keep your concentration to do those guys, and that's cool. It feels like uh, what I really like about it is that feeling that every enemy is a problem. Like mm. it's it's like Splunky, where those spiders and their jumps. You'd, you'd think that, yeah. Once you've done ten spiders, you'd you'd know by then. You'd have the experience to dodge those jumps. You'd have everything nailed down. And dark, but you never do. Dark Souls is like that. Even the basic skeleton warrior can kind of can take you out if you're just lax for a moment. Mm. That, that kind of discipline it asks from you is, is what's kind of really appealing about it. It makes the combat system feel really... Uh, there's, there's so much at stake with every encounter. Um, and that's what... The, that idea that you lose your souls if you can't reclaim your corpse um, puts that you know extra stake, attaches that extra stake to every single bout, which is um, really refreshing. It's kind of that roguelike thing, really, isn't it? Mm. Where, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually makes it, fighting things feel important. Yeah. Cool. Which is cool. At six or five... Is the best of British bundle, which is seven ninety nine for Defcon, Euphoria, Frozen Synapse, Gratuitous Space Battles, Revenge of the Titan, and um, Time Gentlemen, please uh, and Ben there done that. That's a great it's bundle. An amazing bundle. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, I own all of those games, but yeah, it is nonetheless an amazing. That's a wonderful variety of yeah stuff. Quality like the Ben mm-hmm. there done that games is so funny. If yeah. you like, it's worth playing even if you're not a huge fan of adventure games for the jokes. Yeah, yeah, it's really, um, really good. Uh, uh, Space Battles is, is really fun. Frozen yeah. Synapse is an amazing strategy game. Uh, Defcon is, is great Excellent. if you never played it. Um, yeah, that's Euphoria is a, is the most relaxing thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, a really weird abstract game of floating tree planets in space or something. Oh yeah, you colonize these planets and they produce these seeds that you can fly to other planets and then uh, take them over. It's just really gentle and relaxing, like RTS. Really, mm. yeah, it's really nice. Awesome. Lovely music. That's a great deal, actually. Yeah, it's quality. All right. At, I'm going to say number four or seven. Or three? No, it would be four or seven. Yeah, it would be. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's Dawnguard at 1399. <laughs> ah, Dawnguard, not so hot. Tom reviewed it recently and found loads of bugs in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that really game buggy. isn't that well put together apparently that expansion and it's quite expensive for what it is I think is it's a shame because with a modding being that strong you want expansions to be like yeah. developers a game things modders can't do <laughs> it's true though it, maybe the positive thing to come out of it is that modders now have those a- extra assets and they can yeah. make cool things of that stuff they so, could t- sorry I just <laughs> they should moment. totally just release 
like premium asset pack <laughs> they could do that for the modding yeah. community yeah. they would totally buy that a couple of quid for uh, maybe maybe you have to buy them if you want to use mods that have got them in them mm, interesting a couple of quid for a wood texture would you pay a couple of quid for a wood texture no what if the wood, wood texture was wearing aviators what if it animated <laughs> <laughs> if i could if i could play as a a, a kind of tree with a face on it and i could just creep around like in wearing aviators wearing aviators i'd pay 59 pence Oh, we'll miss these. Well, how much would you pay for a thing, chat, though? Yeah. Well, that's what I do for the whole of life. <laughs> Everything. At number eight or number three is Sleeping Dogs. Tom Senior. Ah. I reviewed that. Yes, you did. I wasn't as impressed with it as some people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a quite good open world action game, but uh, I'd heartily recommend Saints Row the Third over it. Hmm. Just simply because it depends what you want from that kind of game. If you're looking for a story, uh, then I don't think I don't think Sleepy Dogs has a good story at all. It's full of dreadful characters who are mostly hateable people who, like the police missions, are great because you're working for people who want to solve crimes and you get to see more inventive things. Like it's got the car chases and the gunfights that the criminals have as well, but it's also got these extra kind of detectivey things where you you can don disguises and infiltrate scenes and that sort of thing. And it feels like more well-rounded more well-reasoned experience like I, I believed in the things i was doing for the police missions whereas when i was interacting with criminals they're all hateful bastards and i wanted to kill them mm. and like the end of the game the last sort of three or four hours concentrates entirely on this triad war where these dickheads just fight each other for three hours and it's kind of fun and dumb and explosive but the story is not really worth the investment and for me if you're not going to go to an open world game for the story, then it needs to be a playground. It needs yeah, to yeah. give you toys to play with and a city to play with that you know makes playing with that stuff fun. So what Saints Row the Third does is gives you a, a freaking fighter jet within three hours, which fire giant lasers, and you can cruise around and it, it can, it's a VTOL and you can convert it into a jet and get wherever you want. It gives you loads of toys that you buy buy up parts of the city, start gang wars. It feels like a you know you can interact with the city. It's a place that responds to what you're doing. Hmm. Whereas Sleeping Dogs is just like a backdrop. It's a very pretty backdrop, but it doesn't respond. Doesn't, mm. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't give you enough toys to play with. You do, there's no planes, no helicopters. It's just cars and bikes. And Interesting the way the point about being undercover and the way that kind of breaks a big part of the story. Mm. Because ultimately, you know, I, you know, I don't want to do half the things I do in Grand Theft Auto where I'm playing a, a inverted commas real criminal, someone <laughs> yeah. who's not undercover cop. You know, what I mean, sort of. Um, I don't want to do half the things I want to do, but it's the game, so you kind of get into that character. But your character in Sleeping Dogs is substantially his motivations are substantially more complicated in relation to yours because mm. he's a guy who doesn't want to be doing the thing he's doing. So you're a guy who does want to be doing the things you're do he's doing because you want to play the game. Playing a guy who doesn't want he doesn't want to do the things he's doing, but doesn't need to look like he wants to do the things he's doing. But Way is so st <laughs> stupidly inconsistent with that precise issue. Like he like he performs this weird loyalty to triad members who he also clearly hates, and then he'll go into a scene with his his police de detective handler, and they'll have a big brow and an argument. And it's like he hates the police and loves the triads, but then in the end, you know, he'll 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 still do. The, do justice and turn up in a cop uniform and be the good guy and it doesn't really work because the, these triad missions I've killed countless innocent people I've literally taken gangsters and impaled them on swordfish uh, heads and thrown them into furnaces on the logical end of the uh, on the logical end of the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the other end wouldn't work so well um, thrown them into aquariums and then beaten them to death with the fish that have come out of the aquarium and you know just done really quite terrible if, if amusing things and you, you, you can't have both worlds. You can't do that yeah. and then be the cop and then be the good guy. It's, mm. it's, it's weird. It's, it's, like, kind of it's, like, it's for that reason that every single 
an open world action game it's, the story is about fights, yeah. the story is always about the tragedy of men of action always <laughs> because because you, they do it's all about like men of action that they want to be like lovable characters so they can't be complete insufferable pricks being insufferable pricks to people so it's all about this kind of like it's not my responsibility it's not my fault it's just the player is it's just who I am no it's just who I am uh, right? I live in a world of violence <laughs> a world of violence and rage and I can't escape it in the only way I can express myself I'm, I'm violent because I love the only like way every I single one Red Dead Redemption Grand Theft Auto 4 Sleeping Dogs the only way you can express yourself is to throw a man onto a swordfish yeah exactly like and watch Watch the blood spurting out in this ridiculous animation and yeah. get 10 points for it. Isn't the world a terrible place? <laughs> you bellow into the ear of a man as you impale him on a swordfish. <laughs> um, like, that's something, again, Saints Row the Third does. I mean, it's got problems from a narrative point of view, obviously. Yeah, but it's hilarious. But it's hilarious. Absolutely. And I spent that entire game fun. playing a man who just doesn't wear pants. Yeah. Right? And like, <laughs> Saints Row is cool with that. You, know, you could get away with that in Saints Row. No one cares. There's a wonderful bit in that game where you're preparing for this massive raid and they do this kind of slow motion gun walk where your gang <laughs> yeah. like, walks into a corridor together. <laughs> like like in a musical, like, people filling in like, yeah, slow motion walk. A guy's just not wearing pants. And there's this big <laughs> pixelated blur wobbling its <laughs> way down the from corridor. side to side. It's the most confident thing I think I've ever done in a video game. It's very good. Um, I love Saints Row. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Skyrim. Or number two. Probably number two, to be fair. Probably maybe number two. Maybe that's the key. Okay. And then in which case, 10 or 1 is War of the Roses at £25. Is it? Oh, is that number one? Wow. I think that's... Um, isn't that if you pre-order, mm. you get access to the beta? Is that yeah, correct? Okay. Why, yeah. That's the medieval... Um, Battlefield style multiplayer game, sort of like capture points and running yeah. around as a knight or an archer or whatever, shooting shooting them Yorkists. From Paradox, isn't it? Yep. Yes, it is Paradox game. Mm, cool. Well, well done that for being number one slash ten. Yeah, for being <laughs> one or ten. <laughs> and um, we, well, we or I will do a much better job of writing down the story charts <laughs> next time, everyone. That's what I'm sorry. Should we do some questions from Twitter? Yeah. Let's do it. Right. What are the people saying? The people are saying, well, Will Porter, games journalist, All right. Right. and a friend of PC Gamer, is asks, is it true that Owen's departure will be on a flaming longboat amidst much na- wailing and gnashing of teeth? I hope so. I should play your party. Flaming longboat? I don't want to kill, I, kill Owen in the process of sending him uh, Well, I love the idea that he, you know, oh, you would just survive killed. that, right? We're going to put you to sea in a flaming longboat and then you just go to Sweden in it. Just keep rowing. Just arrived in Sweden. It's still on fire. Just put me in like wet bandages so I don't get, don't catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's just, it's like a, it's like, you know, a, a special longboat with fire that you comes could, out of it. You could shoot an arrow. You could shoot the arrow, Chris. Can, would you let me shoot the arrow into your longboat? I think you'd probably be pretty I good at shooting the, the, the bronze shot. Big arc. <laughs> the bronze shot. The bronze shot, known, yeah. Based yeah, on you, Game I of Thrones. I th- you love that idea. I can see it by your body language. You really like <laughs> He's shooting the arrow. Like, I love the idea of shooting a flaming arrow. arrow oh, but it would be me, wouldn't it? But I wouldn't. I wouldn't the, the point. The point is, Owen. That I respect you enough not to look like I'm enjoying it, right? <laughs> that, that stern expression. Like uh, as you know, as I stand there on the coast, draw the string back. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. I, I think I'd probably end up going over on a, on some kind of budgety airline from Heathrow. That's much worse. Can I fire the flaming arrow at the budget airline? <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, much worse leg room <laughs> than you would on a flaming longboat, I think. Uh, so I'm afraid that's probably a no in that case. Um, but we may wail and gnash our teeth. Oh, that'd be I nice. might even rend some garments if I'm feeling especially Tears some hair tortured. Out. Well, let's do it on Friday when right. I'm on right. Friday. Right. I'll bring a rendable garment. Sweet. <laughs> I'll bring my most gnashable teeth. Uh Rodney Sparrowhawk which I please be your real name yeah that's good um, like that. asks 
which game have you installed, uninstalled, or reinstalled the most over the years? Or that, that cycle of... You know, oh, off, oh like, yeah. not separately. Yeah. Not separately. <laughs> Quite a few. You can't that's... uninstall the game twice, obviously. It's probably TF2 for me, not because I've stopped playing it, because it's bloody massive, isn't oh, it? So yeah, every now yeah, and then yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not going to play TF2 for a while. Then you're like, oh, there's a new hat in TF2 that I want, etc. The same reason it's GTA 4 for me, which mm. is bloody massive. But I keep having the urge to... And a new mod comes it. out or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, I've yeah. got to try that out. Yeah. Yeah. Oblivion. For for two reasons. One, I have it on disc and I kept sort of uninstalling it because it got massive and reinstalling it. Also, I kept breaking it <laughs> with mods uh, and then having to reinstall it. Yeah, fair so enough. it probably gets an artificial boost. But yeah, yeah I'm certainly Oblivion. Cool. Okie doke. Nick Wheeler asks With Half Fire, the newly announced Skyrim DLC, looking a bit like Skyrim The Sims, are we looking at a new experience or will it be another horse armor? Um, well, it'll be better than horse armor because you, you can't keep adopted children inside horse armor and then raise them as your own. You shouldn't mm. adopt a child inside horse armor anyway. Nope. Don't yeah. give horse armor to children. It's for horses. It's about the same price as horse armor. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. It's quite close. It's, it's actually not very expensive. It's expansion. less than that. Yeah, it's, it's a How DLC. Much is it? It's, it's like three or four quid, according to. It's oh, about, well, that's not bad. You can build a bloody house in it from scratch. Can't yeah, you? yeah. It's, it's well, it feels like two pieces. It's kind of. Uh, it depends how well implemented it is. Again, like Chris said earlier, if, if they could do it better than modders could do it, and I'm pretty sure modders have done this already, this precise stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, then it might be worth worth the price. I mean, I like the idea of it having a little plot, you know, that you can buy in, in the land and yeah. choose your spot, yeah. and that's nice. I like that Bethesda are thinking about ways to add maybe more character and more relationships for your character to have, in terms yeah. of like having a family and stuff. Yeah. However, the underlying structures of Skyrim, including its acting, <laughs> and its <laughs> well support this, and the way its dialogue works, don't really support it. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. fill your house with NPCs that will say the same four things at you forever. The um, uh, the trailer made it look as though you adopted a child by just walking, walking up to them on a bench and saying, you're mine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was deeply problematic. I think, the exact, I think the exact line was, I could adopt you if you like. Which is like, that's not acceptable. <laughs> that's that's no, there's Let, a process for a reason, everyone. Maybe you have to wear a special amulet in order to adopt children. Oh, so God. Maybe, no. <laughs> it could become dreadful. <laughs> Apparently you get stat bonuses for having a happy family at home or something. I was reading in the uh, fact what? sheet they sent out. So like, you, do you like, like, give your do more damage? Oh man, I got the DPS kid, and I should have got the tanking kid. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, rowdy DPS kid, always throwing eggs at the neighbors' houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this it could be a deeply strange expansion. Whereas horse armor has none of that potential. <laughs> it's yeah. just a, a piece of you know, yeah. Thing it's you sort of the opposite horse. in a way because horse armor is so banal that no one really gets. Uh, it, it can't so many things are weird about half fire. Yeah. That like I've started a fishery. Yeah, I like that idea as well. Like, the, okay, the way to sell me on this would be add like really banal shouts, like a load of really, really like starting the, like put, switching the oven on. It's time or, for like, dinner. Where are my keys? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> day to day life as I quite like it to be. Yeah. Go to your room, and the kids will run away to the different parts of the house. See, I would, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd it's think. actually a bit. It's quite that trailer was quite scary. I, I kind of put myself into the position of one of those children being raised in that house, and you can uh, you can have taxidermy stuffed creatures you know mm. that you slain so like a, a vampire of skulls yeah you yeah. know there's a troll in the hallway look at his dad's skull collection yeah look it's, it's, it's the troll <sighs> why dad why do you put the troll in the kitchen while we're trying to have dinner and then you know every now and then the basement gets raided by giant rats and you have to fuss yeah, yeah. dar them and mm. it basically it sounds like just a terrifying existence for yeah. a child <laughs> well it just highlights all the absurdity like you know mm. don't don't mess around with daddy's skull collection while he's out stealing every cheese wheel and white run <laughs> like it could be quite funny i think <laughs> good um, Sam Richards asked a serious question about the magazine actually which is worth answering which okay. is why do we advertise articles as being in the next issue this is on the back page of the mag yes um, 
and then not put them in, thinking uh, of okay. m- making of Uplink, which wasn't in 234, which is American numbering, so it must yeah. be American. Um, sometimes, I spoke to a game about this earlier, plans just happen. don't... <laughs> sometimes <laughs> various Regularly. regions are under control. Um, sort of the, the content we're anticipating ahead of the mag's writing... Just and, doesn't you know, come through. ...just doesn't sort of come through, and obviously the mag is, as you'd expect, written in advance hmm. by, imagine, about two weeks, pretty much, between... I guess like, so, mm. so there are always times when things we're pretty confident about just simply don't happen. Obviously, we regret it whenever it does, and m- quite often that stuff ends up in, later. in a later issue yeah. as well, as long as it's still timely. So, um, yeah, it we can are be, it can be stuff like assets not coming in on time, which we were expecting to get. Yeah, weird things like that, like that's not going to the imagery or an embargo changing, mm. yeah, or it's... a developer having second thoughts about the build being good enough to preview that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, there's so it's many things that go into yeah. making a magazine um, that. You know, occasionally these things do slip, and also it can be due to like when anything changes in a magazine, mm. lots so of has to change to kind of accommodate. You can lose pages, yeah, to, yeah, you know, for any reason. Um, but you know, it's, it's worth um, answering these questions. I think. Yeah, it's, it's, know it's, it, it is really regrettable when it happens, but yeah, um, it's often just down to events that we can't control. I mean, you, you have to. Um, we always put our plans on the back page because we we sincerely <laughs> intend to carry out those plans. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we put them in there, you know. And, and those plans are based on the stuff that we're most confident yeah, about as well. Yeah. So, um, but again, sometimes you know things happen. Mm. Um, finally, we'll finish up with a question from Adam Dawes, who asks, "I love this. Which video games would you turn into West End musicals?" <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. You asked the most. My favorite question. West but the next part will be controversial. Please sing a few lines from some of the songs. Uh, interesting. <laughs> it's not con- this is your ideal question of all time. It Go is. Then, s- I, got, I haven't thought of one yet. I didn't. That yes, you have. You got a collection. Novella on this subject already <laughs> prepared. <laughs> I heard you warming up just before we started this. Doing your scales. Yeah, that's Christian. why he was doing the freaking ah, massive. <laughs> that's why he said someone can you give well, me when a I had that breath <laughs> earlier. Yeah, like yeah. Um, actually, well, we forgot our pitch harmonica, so it's not going to happen. That's a shame. No, seriously. What games would you think make, make good, good musicals? musicals? Well, I mean, I've I do think games more generally need to be musicals more often. Like <laughs> Portal is the obvious one. Like Portal is so mm. close to being a musical that it's only like a shade away from actually just being sung. Right? You could yeah. sing that entire game. That'd be perfect. <laughs> um, be perfect for you. I don't want him to sing it. Why don't you want people to sing? I like singing as much as the next man. Why do Why do you hate joy, Owen? <laughs> why Why do you I hate don't laughter? Hate joy. I just I just think you know. Admittedly, they were good song. It was a good song in Portal. Good song in Plants vs Zombies. You know, is a mediocre song better than no song at all? Chris, all right. put it this way. <laughs> it's very serious. <laughs> yeah, it's very right. serious. Serious thing point didn't happen in there. Yeah, I shouldn't <laughs> gesture on podcast. Um, so, right, everybody loves Deus Ex. Okay, yeah, like everyone loves Deus Ex, mm. but the acting out in that game is abominable. Mm. Basically the entire way through, and people love it because of that. Because you get like the what a shame stuff and yeah, yeah, a yeah. bomb and all that stuff. But um, like, and the story, well, was great when I was fourteen. Is kind of like kind of conspiracy cyberpunky nonsense quite a lot of the time. So you could have everything you loved about Deus Ex, but it would be a musical, <laughs> right? Deus Ex, I would totally play or watch like Deus Ex. But some people just don't like musicals, do they? In fact, a lot of people don't. Yeah, <laughs> fact, true. Um, the majority I, of actually, people, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would argue that. But you know, oh, 
How can you be against this? I'm not really against it. I just don't can think it's ideal for every game to be a like, musical. You I, know, that's not a controversial statement to make. That's 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 you know that's. I just feel like it's actually is, oh, man. You, we, we struggle with, the bubble. We struggle with variety in games, right? The variety of stories, variety why not of tones. a variety of performance. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not a variety <laughs> of performance? Like Portal basically is like you know, especially when you get like comedians playing roles in Portal Two, and the whole thing is based around like gags, basically, and and mixture sight gags, and then literally songs at the end, like. Hmm. Well, so we have answered this question, so come on then. What's the what's the I game you turn into musical? Deus Ex. You go for Deus Ex. Give us a couple of lines. Well, I don't know what the song would be. Um, just you don't have to sing it. Maybe just two lines. Um, come on, improv it, improv it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Well, I'm trying to think of actual um, West End musicals. Let uh, me think about. Oh, it, oh no, this plot is quite demented. Luckily, my vision is augmented. augmented. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> um, See right through these plot flaws. Jenny, get your gap gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I guess you could make quite a cool Splunky musical, couldn't you? Because of all the drama and that. JC uh, Denton Superstar. <laughs> God. Yes. Oh, we're going uh, into the freaking pun zone. I'm done. Brainstorming <laughs> puns is not a good idea when it's been recorded. It's recorded for live. Um, I would totally go and see JC Denton Superstar. Unfortunately, I cannot remember any of the songs from Jesus Christ Superstar over the head. Off the top of my over the head, off the top of my head. Apart from that one, where he trashes all of the things in the market stall and goes bananas. I love the title theme. You know that. But the I can't. That's EastEnders. That's not. That's the one that goes. X Men. It's impossible. We've talked about this before. Oh no! I was talking about sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, JC Denton's technical dream coat. Oh. I like the. Um, <laughs> I like. That's what I, I like. like the start of Cats. You know, Cats. We've seen Cats. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a wicked intro. That is. I'm trying to remember what that was like. Yeah. The, the, we're being sabotaged by the fact we can't remember how any songs go. Um, oh come on! What's the... <laughs> it's like a synth. It's like a synth. Your favorite instrument. It is my favorite instrument as well. Oh man. Tom, you say yours. I'm gonna think of something. I, I, I literally don't have anything. I got nothing. Well, surely the big game you think about. Oh, well, you know, Skyrim would be a good one because it's already got the kind of the hearty yeah. Dovakun thing Dovakun. going on. <laughs> 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 exactly. that's Dovakun. And that's good. All the words that's good eventually. No, yeah, me. Opening lines could be, I used to be an admin assistant but wasn't keen, so I decided to become the Dovakun. <laughs> You're Some, really, yeah. you're really I could do like, this making sure you don't <laughs> sing that on you. I very much. I was, I was, I was tempted to burst out into you know chromatic scale, but thought it was better for my own sanity. And Chris is, is like squeezing I, I his it. own head. Squeeze the ideas out of it. Oh. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to re-engineer Phantom of the Opera because that seems like, and all I can the think of musical. is Batman of the Opera. And that's, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that's what I would totally play Rocksteady's Batman of the Opera. Yeah. Just, that's just the most violent, <laughs> the bone breaking performance you've never seen on stage right there. I don't want to see Rocksteady <laughs> ever do a musical. They do, they do violence very well. Yeah, indeed. Okay. Well, I think basically we've, we've, we all need to retire immediately from the uh, from, musical pitch yeah. industry or whatever. And, yeah, uh, indeed. Um, however, that's why we're doing this job. Someone seriously help. JC Denton superstar become a thing because I would it'll be a shame if that didn't happen. JC <laughs> Denton superstar. It's a shame. Like, what a shame. Guilt tripping people uh, into bomb. Yes, I would totally watch that musical. But it's it's funny when he says it. A bomb. A bomb. 
a bomb, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb, JC, a bomb. That's actually almost musical patter as well. Like, okay, I could see that in in my worst nightmare. I can I can imagine this more pilots popping out from behind the helicopter. No ideas of pouring a bomb, a bomb. Yeah. All right, I have to end this podcast. I think that's for the best. Before someone saying that it's probably going to be me. Okay, that's good. I think we've scared off any Owen. producers listening. Yes, indeed. I think we've managed to scare really off almost everyone. Um, Owen. Yes. Goodbye. Oh, that's really sad. I do feel a bit sad now. It's, it's, it's these three podcasts the three of us have done together. <laughs> yeah. Have been a saga. All been weird. How does, how does <laughs> Graham weird. describe? What do you describe us as today? When we tell Graham who's going to do the podcast. He, he pointed around the office at the three of us and said... Silly crew. <laughs> silly crew. That's yeah. what you're So getting. this is actually not only the departure of Owen Hill, but the disbanding all silliness of the silly PCA. crew. Yeah. It's all deadly serious podcasts from now on. Yeah. I actually feel genuinely bad that I didn't come up with a better musical number for this. So maybe... You we can edit one in. Edit, edit one in. No, maybe pretend back to it in a future podcast because, God, I want to get more singing and dancing into games. <laughs> Do you want more singing it's and podcasts. dancing everywhere at all times? I... We'll stand by that. Yes, I know. I know. Guilty. Guilty. When we get the Minecraft musical. That's a good idea. Ask Notch. That's a good idea. I'll mention it a couple of weeks into the job. <laughs> Let things settle down, then pitch the Minecraft musical. Tom. Hello. Goodbye. Goodbye. Owen. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>